The scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 30, verses 18 through 21. Let us listen to the word of God. Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. Truly, O people in Zion, inhabitants of Jerusalem, you shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. Though the Lord may give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more. But your eyes shall see your teacher. And when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way, walk in it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
next scripture reading comes to us from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And I just want to note, for those who are going through their Bible, that's great, but for those who are adding this, just if you look at your insert on the very top, it says 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And you'll hear that in today's scripture reading. Let us listen to God's word here to us today. I know a person in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up in the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that such a person, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard things that are not to be told, that no mortal is permitted to repeat. On behalf of such a one, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. But if I wish to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it so that no one may think better of me than what is seen in me or heard from me, even considering the exceptional character of the revelations. Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. And three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In his book, Grace, by Max Lucado, uh, he shares a story about a longtime friend. Kyle Sheets was a 12-year veteran of medical mission trips, and he married, and they raised a family that treats the needy. Uh, Each member of their family were involved in works of compassion. 
He's the founder and chairman of Physi Physicians Aiding Physicians Abroad, and Kyle spent several weeks a year working in mission hospitals in developing countries, and this trip to Zimbabwe was not his first. His daughter Heather suspected trouble the moment she saw the cut on her dad's hand. When Kyle explained that the injury had happened during an operation, she suddenly felt sick to her stomach. Both were doctors. Both understood the danger of treating AIDS patients in Zimbabwe. Heather urged her father to begin the antiretroviral treatment immediately in order to prevent HIV infection. Now, uh, physician Dr. Kyle was reluctant. He knew the side effects. Each was life-threatening. Still, Heather insisted, and he consented. Within hours, he was violently ill. Nausea, fever, weaknesses uh, were only the initial signs that something was terribly wrong. For 10 days, Kyle continued to worsen. Then he broke out in the unmistakable rash of Stevens-Johnson syndrome, which is almost always fatal. They moved up their date for returning to the States and began to wonder if Kyle would survive the 40-hour trip. Kyle boarded the plane with 104.5 degree fever. He shook with chills, and by this time he was having trouble breathing and was unable to sit up. He was incoherent. His eyes yellowed, liver enlarged, and painful, and both doctors recognized the symptoms of acute liver failure. Heather felt the full weight of her father's life on her shoulders. Heather explained the situation to the pilots and convinced them that their dad's best hope was the fastest flight possible to the United States. Having only a stethoscope and a vial of heart medicine, she took her seat next to his and wondered how, how she would make it, how she would pull his body into the aisle to do CPR if his heart stopped. Several minutes into the flight, Kyle drifted off to sleep. Heather crawled over him and made it to the bathroom in time to vomit. She slumped on the floor in a fetal position, wept and prayed. I need help. Now, I wish I could say that Heather and her father Keith's situation is unique, but we know better than that. I know that many of you carry things just like this. For some of you, it's happening right now. Some of you are on our long-term uh, concerns prayer list not all of you. There are some who aren't on it, yet you have great need. Some of you are almost where Heather is. You feel the weight of the world upon your shoulders. If you're not there now, you have or you will be praying to God, I need help. Apostle, uh, the Apostle Paul has been here many times. He was blinded, imprisoned, persecuted, struggled many times. 
And today we hear about it when he talks about having a thorn in his flesh. Scholars and pastors have tried to guess what Paul's thorn in his flesh is, but I think it's actually better that we don't know because we each have a thorn in our flesh of our own. It's a great description because it's always present. It's tender. You can't forget about it. There's never relief because it's right under the surface where you can't get to it. Max Lucado says, every step is a reminder of the thorn in the flesh, cancer in the body, the sorrow in the heart, the child in the rehab center, the red ink on the ledger, the felony on the record, the craving for whiskey in the middle of the day, the tears in the middle of the night, the thorn in the flesh. Take it away, you've pleaded, not once, twice, or even three times like Paul. You've outprayed Paul. He prayed a sprint. You've prayed the Boston Marathon, and you're about to hit the wall at mile 19. The wound radiates pain, and you see no sign of tweezers coming from heaven. But what you hear is this. My grace is sufficient for you. Now, if you're anything like me, when we yearn for God at moments like this, praying and praying and praying for things to change, for help, God answers Paul and us saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Now, God is talking about sustaining grace, which is different than saving grace. Sustaining grace meets us at our point of need and equips us with courage, wisdom, and strength. It surprises us in the middle of our personal transatlantic flights with ample resources of faith. Sustaining grace, not the absence of struggle, but the presence of God. I want to repeat that again. Sustaining grace promises not the absence of struggle, but the presence of God. Let's return to Heather Sheets, locked in that airplane bathroom, crying for help. Lucado continues the story. Heather Sheets doesn't remember how long she prayed, I need help, but it was long enough for a concerned passenger to knock on the door. She opened it to see four men standing in the galley. One asked if she was okay, and Heather assured him that she was fine and told him that she was a doctor. His face brightened as he explained that he and his three friends were physicians too, and so are 96 other passengers. The plane could have been filled with conference-bound circus jugglers or tattoo artists or professional whistlers, but no, Heather and her dad happened to be on a flight with 100 physicians from Mexico. Heather explained the situation and asked for the doctor's help and prayers. They gave both, and they alerted a colleague who is a top-rank infectious disease doctor And together, they evaluated Kyle's condition and agreed that nothing else could be done. 
They offered to watch him so Heather could rest, and she did. And when she awoke, Kyle was standing and talking to one of the doctors. Although still emergency room level sick, he was much stronger. Heather began to recognize God's hand at work. He had placed them on exactly the right plane with exactly the right people. God had met their need with grace. This is what God tells the Apostle Paul when he's struggling with his thorn in the flesh. My grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. This is what God reminds Heather when she's crying and asking, I need help. My grace is sufficient for you. And this is what God reminds each of us. My grace is sufficient for you. Long ago, I had decided that I wanted to name my daughter Grace. Uh, God's grace had gotten a hold of me when I was a teenager, and I was absolutely moved by God's amazing grace. It's hard to describe it, but it's because of grace that I am called to ministry. And somehow that song, Amazing Grace, uh, describes things perfectly. Because grace had such a powerful hold on my life, I had a plan. Eventually, if I ever had a daughter, I would name her Grace. This was way before I ever met Siobhan. Now, when we did meet in seminary and we started getting serious, I told her my plan of naming my daughter Grace. And she said she always wanted to name her daughter Cordelia Elizabeth. (laughs) As you know, we have two daughters and neither is named Grace or Cordelia. So many years later, when Siobhan was pregnant, we were picking names and we both liked and settled on the name Hannah. And then I asked Siobhan if our daughter's full name could be Hannah Grace. Siobhan wasn't so sure, and when, she, when we looked up what the name Hannah meant, we discovered that in Hebrew, Hannah meant favor or grace. She said, we'd basically be naming our daughter Grace, Grace, Jonathan. And of course, I thought it sounded absolutely perfect. And I didn't say a word. And then she said, well, that's just too much Grace. And when she said that, she and I knew Hannah Grace had to be her name. Because when it comes to God's grace, there's never too much grace. Max Lucado uh, compares it to the tide of the ocean. Watch as ocean waves crash against the beach. Will there never be another one? Of course there will. No sooner will one wave crash into the sand than another appears, then another, then another. This is a picture of God's sufficient grace. Grace is simply another word for God's tumbling, rumbling reservoir of strength and protection. 
God has enough grace to solve every dilemma you face, wipe every tear you cry, and answer every question you ask. Let God's grace dethrone your fears. Anxiety still comes for certain. The globe still heats up. Wars still flare. The economy acts up. Disease, calamity, and trouble populate our world. But they don't control it. Grace does. So when we feel the constant thorn of our flesh, remember, my grace is sufficient for you. When we struggle, God's grace finds a way, never running out. Not only is Hannah Grace a reminder of God's too much grace, but so is Lydia Abigail, a daily reminder of God's grace overflowing. I bet you can say the same about the names of each of your family members, children, grandchildren, loved ones. Grace abounds. Even when things get tough, even when we face trials, even when we don't have enough, we cry out in our weakness, I need help. God's sustaining grace equips us with courage, wisdom, and strength. Remember, God's promise to each of us, my grace is sufficient for you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.